Where do you get the blood? Is it his blood? Probably. Maybe he killed like a hamster in the class. Hey everybody, this is David and welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched, where today I finally watched Halloween 2. And this is Alon, and I also finally watched Halloween 2 2. As well? As well. That's good to know. Um, this was your decision to make us do this, and which means, unfortunately, next year we have to watch Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. But for now, um, I'm pretty happy with it. This was rated fairly poorly, and I don't really understand that because I actually thought it was really good. Um, not to the level of the first one, but still really good. Um, so, I, yeah, I just don't, I don't get it. Well, I definitely wouldn't call it the dark night of the Halloween franchise, but it, it does take off right after the events of Halloween 1. Actually, to the point where Halloween 2 begins with the last like three minutes of halloween the original correct yeah basically just a repeat um although it was like shot a little different it seems like there's some cool new angles that i liked um well the the first one was the first one ended kind of off of Lori's pov but then this one started off with uh loomis's point of view Right, and he can see the um, we can see the fall of Mike Myers from like the outside. Uh, the the like the way the house is set up changed a little bit, which I was reading that other people noticed, not just me, but like the the balconies like seems to be like on the front of the house now instead of the back. Like it looked a little different, uh, you know, based on where Loomis like ran around. Also, if you noticed when uh, when we're like the camera angles outside and. Myers is falling backwards out of the the porch, the balcony. Um, his feet are parallel to the top of the uh, what's it called the banister. Did you notice that? Like you know when you when you step onto a balcony, the banister comes up again, like probably up to your hips, but uh-huh. he just walks clear. Like they obviously set something up where he it would be an easy walk behind. Um yeah, I didn't notice that. I uh I didn't oh, I didn't notice this either, but I read it that he apparently shot seven times, but in the end of the first one he shot six times. And then throughout the beginning of the movie, he keeps saying, I shot him six times. He's not human. I shot him six times and he's he got away. So it's like they couldn't even be consistent, like with the old movie or within the the new movie. It's surprising that no one, like it, 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 it almost feels like no one who originally worked on the first one watched it. They just went in blind to make the second one. Or it's like Carpenter added shit at the end. He like added another gunshot and then just like didn't consider that they were counting in the rest of the movie. You know, there's always the possibility that Loomis might have just been counting the shots that landed he might have fired off seven but missed one i don't think that's i don't think that's what happened i think it's just a mistake well uh what did you think of this compared to the first one though you know when when there's a sequel of a movie and it's happened so many times but it's basically just a repeat of the original sure and I felt a lot like that. I felt there were times where it was different enough. Like, um, like for example, in this case, it's more of a hospital setting instead of a, a house setting. Um, but I felt like you still had the horny couple that goes to have sex and they get murdered. And then you get the, the, guy who's supposed to be in charge of security or a cop and they get murdered right so i felt like some things were lining up pretty uh the same but i felt like it was different enough and i felt like certain things and we'll get to them when we get to them but certain things happen that escalate the moment like holy shit i can't believe that happened and i i definitely think that this film had those moments 
Uh, yeah, and definitely a little more violent, which was purposeful. Um, if you like read a little bit on the backstory, Carpenter felt he needed to make it more violent because that's kind of the way the movies were then, even three years later. Um, and I, yeah, I liked it a lot. I, um, man, I think we can start going through it, but I, I was very entertained throughout. And I was also kind of like, if this movie has been redone, you know, this franchise redone, rebooted and all that retcon to death. So I didn't exactly know how it was going to end and who was going to, you know, who's going to live or die. Cause even, even Lori could have, I guess, died just the way that these movies have changed over the years. Right. But I, I assume she wouldn't, but there is still like, there was some good amount of um, like suspense and tension in this. So um, as I mean, so we already said that it kind of starts off the same way. Uh, I do like you get a couple different shots. So as we said, you get Loomis's POV as the two children are running out of the house, <laughs> just screaming. Yeah. Like their heads off. And then, you know, him shooting him and then him running off. And then it just, it starts off and we're all kind of new now. Um, the first killing of this movie, though, was very reminiscent of the first killing in the, in the first movie when he's a little kid. But now he's an adult. And I, I mostly mean, and it's what I really liked about the first one, it's what I liked about this one, the, the Michael Myers POV. Yeah is really cool and i like i liked as he's walking down the alleys he sees like a dog and then he sees a cop and he sees loomis talking to the cop and then he sees this old couple and then we get we get him walking in there and i almost think they could have maybe stuck with it more because like the scene where he's like his pov as he walks into the house and he sees the knife and he grabs the knife and then you get the vantage point of the husband watch who's falling asleep watching tv and his wife you just see like Mike Myers in the background. It looks almost like a spoof and he like runs away. Um, but I thought that was all cool up until like he kills. Um, I think her name is Alice. Alice. Yeah. Yeah. Up until he kills the girl whose name we don't, we hear maybe like once, but yeah, like that, all of that I thought was a really good opening to this. What's so funny is that um, like, kind of like nightmare on elm street right where this whole street is being haunted by this one guy but all the neighbors are horrible at communicating with each other so so you have this moment where the wife that you were talking about where her husband fell asleep watching tv on the television is like michael myers he's an insane person who's escaped and he's killed like three people and he's you know right down the street she turns around and her knife is gone and there's blood in its place and she screams i would think that that would like i don't know that would warrant like a call to the cops but literally he just like walks out and then right next door there's alice who hears her scream but then when she like asks about it she doesn't hear uh, an answer. And so she's like, all right, I guess it was nothing. I'm like, oh my God. I think you use a lot of like hindsight when you make decisions on what people should have done. Like Alice died, so she did things wrong. Because <laughs> oh, I just, oh, we're going to get into how many people did things wrong when we get to the hospital. But I think, yeah, I don't know. Alice like hears a scream. If you hear one scream, I don't think you stop your day and call the cops, right? I, uh if you live in Haddonfield, I <laughs> think you would. What um, is, ha is Haddonfield? There was one murder 15 years ago. No, because is it's all over the news and the <laughs> and the radio. Um about Alice Alice hadn't heard about it at that point. No, I guess that's fair, but she was talking to her friend who who has, right? Because she she was she... killed 30 seconds later. <laughs> okay, let you really want to break it down? First of all, she talks to her friend and she's like, yeah, I heard Mrs. Jenkins or whatever the hell her name is screaming. I guess her husband's beating her again, like real nonchalantly. Like, yeah, like that's an everyday occurrence. Uh, well, she didn't exactly say beating, but she was, she meant beating. And then you're talking about, you know, her not doing any mistakes, but you know, 
you just heard about this killer on the loose. You see your front door open, so your instinct is not to run out the back door that's five feet behind you, but to go towards your front door and go, hello, who's there? Like, classic mistake. I mean, if she had ran out the back door, he would have just killed her there. She was dead no matter what. But, but he wastes no time. I mean, he just got shot six slash seven times. The police are out looking for him, and he's just keep going. Same night, same everything. Well, it's basically like a side quest. You know, he has his main thing. He's got to find Lori. But then he's like, you know, I could, I could go for a kill real quick. Uh, my favorite part about that is, so she walks into the other room, right? And you assume he would just be waiting on the other side of the door, right, to grab her, like just kind of hiding. But she walks through the door, probably like four or five feet. And then he appears in the middle of the room and then kills her, which logically makes no sense. But it's, it's like very unexpected, which is why they did it. But like the practicalities of how she didn't see him, it's like there wasn't like something he was hiding behind. Well, even when she went out to, to question her neighbor's screaming, he was like right there. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like this 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 girl's um peripheral vision is awful. Peripheral. Peripheral. Um and then the next thing is we're back with the police at the crime scene from the first movie, uh, and Lori's getting taken to the hospital. And immediately we get like introduced to a new character, uh uh Jimmy. Oh, we don't know his name, but he, he immediately, like, you can tell, like, okay, this is going to be someone who's, like, filling the void of the people who have died in the first movie. I have questions about Jimmy because, well, I'll just get to it now. It's skipping ahead a little bit, but um, I wasn't convinced that he died at the end. He didn't die at the end. But they said uh, there's 10 bodies I counted 10, and the only way you can count 10 is if you count Jimmy, unless they were counting Michael Myers. But I, it, it sounded like they were counting his victims. And you don't see Jimmy in the end alive. Uh, yeah, I guess it's left open to interpretation. I was trying to read on the math on how they got to 10, but I think they probably were counting Michael because I think yours, this was supposed to be the end and he was supposed to die. Um, and there's a deleted scene or it was in the script that Jimmy, uh, Jimmy was supposed to ride in the ambulance with Lori to like a different hospital. So, I mean, if he died, he died from head trauma that he caused himself, but I, yeah, I, he did. It wasn't like Michael, like moved to the side and slashed him real quick in the car. Like he, he, so, uh, it's also, he did that stunt himself. Uh, falling backwards stunt. Yeah, where he fell back and hit his head. One take. Good for him. Yeah, one take, Jimmy. Um, I do like as the as they get to the hospital or before they get to the hospital, you have the little boy in the pirate costume who's cut his tongue and his mom's taking him in. I didn't realize what was happening, but apparently he had cut his tongue on a razor blade, is what we're supposed to believe, and that was supposed to set up this whole anthology series that that um carpenter wanted to do this was like a little easter egg almost for the season of the witch for going forward they wanted to do a bunch of just halloween adjacent movies without michael myers so i don't know (laughs) if it relates directly to season of the witch um but i was like oh my god it's gonna be like a does this kid die thing and then like no the kid just (laughs) leaves like 20 minutes later all patched up good to go yeah i always wondered about the whole razor blade thing because Cause what were were your parents like check your candy type of parents or yeah yeah they did uh for a little bit I think when I got a little bit older they were like nah you're probably fine <laughs> you can determine if it's a razor blade or not they wouldn't let us eat uh like homemade candy which you didn't really get that much but when we were really little people sometimes would do like homemade stuff and they're like you can't have that yeah I my parents were never really the the check your candy sort of type. But I think I think we stuck to the no homemade shit unless we knew the neighbors. Right. Um yeah, we uh they would also take like a little tax 
you know, take a few few candy bars for themselves. Oh, my parents weren't very big candy eaters, so I didn't. Oh, and you had brothers, so I bet that was. Um, oh, you had to hide your candy for sure. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You had to. You have to spot. I hid it in my mask, in my closet. <laughs> I, thought you gonna say, I thought you were going to say in your mouth. I hid it in my mouth. Mm-hmm. I actually went as a. Uh, I have a, a Bill Clinton mask that I used to wear for Halloween. <laughs> of course, you would. Um, also, I like at the hospital, back to the movie we're talking about, where the, the doctor is drunk and he just decides to put her to sleep. Just like the needle just randomly going in the arm. Uh, yeah, there was like so many weird parts about the medical aspect of this film, because like, I don't know if that's just the way they did it in the 80s, but like, don't you have to set up like an IV and then that's how you like get the medicine through and you draw blood through the IV and now they're like no and then even with like drawing blood it's still a sort of IV setup but here they just like fucking not even searching for a vein but they just stick the needle like straight in her arm and just pull out like a bunch of blood well that's I mean that's always movie shit like normally it's not a doctor but just like uh, oh you want to make someone pass out you hit them with the needle and you're like all right we have 30 minutes until they wake up <laughs> doctor is um, drunk i i believe it so there's like i guess you could say there's about 10 people working the night shift at this hospital uh and absolutely no other patients we don't meet them and what's funny is that was a nitpick a lot of reviewers had of this movie and the director of it actually based it off of an experience he had at a hospital where there was just like no one there but him and like the people working so it was like it seemed very unreal and he was just like nah this, you know this happened to me let me ask you something would you go like would you admit yourself say it's not like an emergency but say like you, you have suspicion of like your health would you admit yourself in a in a hospital that you know that like a um an act uh convict is also admitted themselves in or had been admitted in um i don't know how you would know um like there's like police escorts outside the door or something depends on what he did it's i just guess like a just like a robbery you know a guy that robbed who got shot i wouldn't probably want to be on that floor maybe yeah i don't know i don't know if hospitals take special requests but um the reason i bring it up is because i knowingly i've never been in a hospital with a convict but i boarded a plane with a convict well, if they're in the hospital, they might not be a convict yet at that point. Yeah, but if, if they have handcuffs on and they're boarding a plane... They did it? They did it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let's, get back, let's, let's get back to the movie. The next scene is probably the scene I have the most trouble with. Uh, the cop and Loomis driving around and they see what they think is Michael Myers, but is very clearly to the audience, not Michael Myers, just a dude <laughs> who happens to be wearing the same William Shatner mask inside out that Michael Myers likes to wear. Um, and Lewis is just going to fucking shoot this guy like in the middle of the street. Um, that's not even my biggest problem. <laughs> my biggest problem is that cop going 90 in a neighborhood. Just fucking takes him out. Hits him against uh, another car, and there's a massive explosion. Do you know who that cop was? No. Michael Myers. Austin Powers, Michael Myers? No, Dick Warlock, the guy who played oh. Michael Myers <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> Activate the parody starring Michael Myers as Austin Powers as Michael Myers. That's been done to death. Um, yeah, I... It feels like the, it feels like the investigation into Michael Myers might have stopped at that point. <laughs> like, all right, you you just you just almost shot a dude in the street, although they think it was him for a little bit. But that whole that whole part was just so like, it took me out a little bit. I was just like, what, what is going on here? What I love is that Loomis didn't think it was him. He was like dead to rights, in his heart knew it was him was going to shoot this poor 17-year-old kid in cold blood in the middle of the street and only after <laughs> only after is this guy burned to a crisp Loomis is like uh 
we should check his dental records just to be sure. Yeah, because at the time he was like, he knew it was him in the moment. And then as soon as he shot him and <laughs> as soon as he saw the guy die, he's like, oh, well, Michael Myers doesn't die. So that can't be him. <laughs> Shooting him in the street. How embarrassing would he have been? Huh? He shot him. And, and you know how the two kids come up to Loomis and the cop, the different cop later on and say, oh, you know, our friend Bennett uh, Tramer, you know, he, he uh, left a, a party drunk and yet we haven't seen him. And the cop's like, oh, it's only an hour ago. And he was wearing a mask. So we, we know that Bennett Tramer is the kid that got killed and in the other Mike Myers mask. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't look this up, but Bennett Tramer is the kid that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis says she has a crush on and wants to be asked to the dance by in the first movie. I don't think that's going to happen now, Chief. Not, yeah, no. Although, if uh, if Bennett Tramer can come back as much as the real Michael Myers, then maybe at some point. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, you know, I, I always find it funny how we have so many side characters for, for Halloween and Halloween 2, but none of them became really anything. Like, there's no star that came out of this series of movies except for Jamie Lee Curtis. Well, and Donald Pleasance was already kind of a guy, but yeah. I don't... Yeah, but it's not like it elevated his career. It's not like he started starring in a whole bunch of shit afterwards. Well, he was in four and five. We'll talk about the problem with that in a second. Um, the other person who came out of this movie quite successful was Dana Carvey. He's barely in the movie. Did you have to look up what he was in the movie? I saw it in the, in the credits. It said assistant, but I still didn't know what the fuck that meant. The camera assistant, the journalist assistant. Yeah. Also, uh, we're about to get to that scene, so let's just talk about it in a second. So another cop comes up, says, Detective Brackett, uh, they found Annie. And I was like, I know Annie's one of the girls that died. I just don't remember which one it was. And it's like, why are we relying on like a movie three years old? We're supposed to remember like these characters' name, like – it was it was a little bit like they could have spelled that out a little bit more because the you know the this is a direct sequel it's basically like a part two of the first one and i'm like who the fuck was annie again blonde girl or was she the girl downstairs with the dark hair i don't remember who annie was i guess i'm just supposed to know that that was his daughter yeah i was gonna say and i guess you're also supposed to remember that it was the cop's daughter which took me a second to get that connection so then the cop comes over and checks and sees that it's his daughter and he walks off. So now detective brackets done. And then this new shit, the, the new cop who's basically taken over uh, as the guy who has to deal with Loomis for the night, him and Loomis get in just an argument in front of like all of these people, like including reporters and like giving a bunch of information that you probably don't want to have get out like right this second. So you don't create a panic but they're just in plain view of everyone, including Dana Carvey. Um, by the way, with the whole Dana Carvey thing, I, I can look up IMDb facts too, David. Yeah, right. Um, I, told, I told you not to. No, actually, honestly, I did see his name in the credits and I was like, no way are two people named Dana Carvey in this world. And that's what prompted me to look that up specifically. Um, okay. So, yeah, but... I, Okay, is this at the point where people are like ransacking and like throwing rocks through Michael Myers' house? Not yet. No, this is in front of the house where the killings happened. Okay. I like how, you know, first of all, can we just take in the fact that this movie came out one year after The Thing? It, it I, doesn't feel like... I took it in it doesn't feel like that those two movies, I don't know. Okay. This is going to sound strange. I felt like compared to this movie, the thing was way older. And I think because they tried to do way more like futuristic technological uh, savvy stuff in the thing. And Halloween two is very just like simple in the, in the, in that sense, um, in the special effects sense. But yeah, John Carpenter was like busy late 70s, early 80s. 
this to me had a more 70s feel because it felt so much like the the first movie and the thing feels very 80s to me so i actually disagree with that i feel like halloween was older okay i mean i I got you uh real quick so i thought the reporter the blonde reporter she's featured very prominently for like a minute and i like assumed she was like gonna have something to do in the movie i guess because i've seen scream and she has nothing to do in the movie although apparently she was supposed to have a death scene and didn't but yeah it felt like a kind of underused there she might have had a career if they'd actually done something with her how would you feel you got cast in a movie you actually shot the scene where you die brutally and then you go to the premiere and you're just your part is just completely cut out I don't even think they filmed it. It was just in the script. Oh, really? Which, yeah. which is funny because Carpenter wanted to make it more bloody. So I'm almost wondering if she just couldn't come back for the reshoots or something. Well, we get to the point where Lori gets admitted into the hospital. And we know that the story has to progress where Michael Myers heads, you know, makes his way to the hospital. As the audience, we see Michael Myers in the hospital. But there's this weird side quest thing, as you call them, where the police track down a break-in in like an elementary school, like a daycare. And we are supposed to assume that before he got to the hospital, he made this like side trek to, the, to this school, um, which I found really weird because I was like, that shouldn't have that been something we, we saw, but it was something we saw of like the aftermath of. That's because it just didn't matter. It just gave Dr. Loomis more time to just have like weird fucking lines that don't mean anything. Well, this was the time where we find out that Laurie Strobe is uh, related to Michael Myers. Oh, we didn't find that out. I mean, you, in, the, in, the school, in the elementary school, you didn't find that out. He just stabbed something that was his sister and then he wrote Sam Hain on the blackboard. And so that's all we get from that. And Sam Hain is means October thirty first. Oh, so it's just real repetitive shit. <laughs> they said what it means. Why are you asking me? It means Lord of the Dead, and then the festival of Sam Hain is means is the festival that takes place on October thirty first. I'm asking you because I forgot. I mean, I don't. I, you I watched felt, it yesterday. Well, it it didn't really impact the story. Now, did it? <laughs> it didn't impact the story. Bring it up about like thirty minutes before it happens. Okay, fine. You want to talk about Lori getting admitted? No, I want to talk about a really. I don't. We're past Lori getting admitted. I did, I skipped over that because it didn't matter. Just Jimmy hitting on her and Nurse Alves being kind of a bitch and didn't want anyone else to be happy. That's what I skipped over. But the scene where the two women are walking into town and are like, oh, it's just like I thought it was like two victims, but apparently one of them gets away. But right after that, you have Michael Myers kind of walking through, and I I just. I really like that scene. One, he walks by this kid with the jukebox, who actually was his son, uh, the son of the actor that plays Michael Myers. And this jukebox is the only way that he knows to go to the hospital because it says that it says uh, like the victim was taken to the Haddonfield Clinic or whatever. Right. But he's then walking by like all these people that he could kill, and all these people don't realize like how close they are to just basically a, a perfect murderer that <laughs> they could do if if he wanted to kill them, they could do nothing about it. Um, I just thought that was really cool as he like crosses the street and stuff and walks around these people. I um, mean, it's kind of like the perfect plan, right? Because unless you're a 17 year old kid wearing the exact same mask, you can just be a killer, go around town wearing a Halloween mask and no one's going to think anything different of, you know, I was talking to Taylor about this because believe it or not, she watched it with me, but I was like, Oh yeah, I guess he could just walk around cause it's Halloween and he's dressed up. She's like, yeah, but the red flag is the fact that he's alone. It's not a red flag. He's a grown man on Halloween, alone. No one paid attention to him. Like, (laughs) got me there. I don't know. You just, you pay attention to random people wearing masks on Halloween. You're like, oh, that guy's probably a killer. Well, maybe you should now. You really? (laughs) (laughs) You just... You're ridiculous. Real hindsight here. Exactly. Um, and what's funny is, so then we get to the scene where Michael Myers kind of ends up at the hospital. And I thought it was funny. So 
Karen, one of the girls we saw driving her, you know, her friend like bitched her that she needed to take her home. Karen parks in a visitor spot. And I was like, well, Karen has to die now. She's not supposed to be parked there. And then like a second later, Bud curses. And I was like, well, fucking Bud has to die now too. You can't curse. Oh, and then, Bud, Bud is and, set up to die. And then those two have sex. And it's like, of course. Well, they didn't get to have sex, unfortunately. Michael Myers, uh, kind of a cock block in this one. So one of my favorite lines is in the, okay, so you know how, well, hold on, before we get there, because this there's a lot to talk about in that almost sex scene. Before we get there, how did you, how uncomfortable did it make you feel to see Michael Myers in the nursery around all the infants that were just born? I knew they wouldn't do it. I, like, I knew that I wouldn't do anything. I was like, oh, this is just kind of to fuck with us. But it's like, you know, he's not going to just kill a baby. Well, he has no beef with a baby. Yeah, unless it's a little girl, baby. <laughs> uh, Michael Myers is an incel. I that that is true, and I think I think we're about to. T- so you know when Bud is like, "Hey, we should go down to the therapy room." Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Did you know that it was a hot tub scene? Because the therapy room to me is like a bunch of mats and like maybe like those like stilt things that help people walk, like physical therapy stuff. I did not know it was going to be a uh, a hot tub scene, no. Um, There's a really cool hot tub scene that I want to talk about when we get to it, but you are skipping over some pretty good stuff here. Oh, I'm skipping over Mr. Garrett. You are. And right before Mr. Garrett, Lori finds out that it is Michael Myers. And she's like, Michael Myers of the Myers house. And which is like the way she says it is just to remind us that she knows what that is because, you know, father is a realtor. Right. Yeah. And she had to like go by that house, which is why she was a target, except for the fact that I guess it's his, you know, his sister. Uh, I like between the the first script and the second script, they were like, wow, we really fucked up because uh, it, he, he can't, the motive can't just be she goes by the house. It has to be deeper than this. Well, John Carpenter said that he wrote that at 2 a.m. after having a six pack of Budweiser and that he really regrets it. So, Well, then, okay, so if he wrote that drunk, it makes sense why they retconned it in the remakes. I guess I liked it. I thought it was fine. You can't retcon something 40 years later. Just fucking deal with it. Uh, what did you think of that flashback? Did that signify that she met him when they were both like in their teens? Or she's still in her teens, but you know what I mean. That's what it looked like. Yeah, that she was like, well, not teens, little girl. She's a teen in this movie. She's like, what, 16 or 17? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, he was a teen. I guess, yeah, because he's a little bit older. Well, and I guess he's a lot older. Well, he was six. And she was, I guess, somewhat alive. So he's like five years older than her. Oh, and he's 21? Yeah. Yeah, he's 21. And if he's at least five years older than her, then she's 16. Now, what's weird about her being 21 is that in the credits, they say he's 23. And that's another like weird mistake they made between what is said and what is written down. Once again, he wrote it at 2 a.m., drunk and just for a paycheck so um let's get back to the security guard death and let's keep it on track uh they do like a ton of fake jump scares with the security guard and then like they keep doing them and then he opens this one door and nothing's happening i was like no he's fucking right behind that door like for fool me once shame on you know what i mean like and of course he closes the door and then gets a hammer to the head for a guy who was trying to make it like a lot more gory you sure cut away pretty fast when that hammer hits the head. Like how sweet would that have been to see like that blood splurge shot? Yeah. I mean, they needed to hire the, uh, the guy from the thing in order to make the practical effects better. They couldn't afford to make it look good. So that's just the limitations of the budget right there. I like how much uh, Michael Myers switches his weapon of choice in this movie. Because he starts out with a kitchen knife, moves on to a hammer, and then he's like, well, I guess since uh, I'm spending the rest of this film in a hospital, I guess uh, it's going to be a scalpel now. A weird-looking scalpel, too, but yeah. Um, yeah. So then there's a short scene of 
you know, Loomis still convinces all these cops to go back out. And then there's the crowd scene at the Michael Myers house. And this is where we find out about Lori's, you know, lost love that she's never going to get to, uh, to go to that dance with. Uh, and then they hear about the break-in at the school, which is your favorite part of this movie. <laughs> oh, mention it once because it's my favorite part of the movie now. Um, so he breaks in, there's like some blood and then he has like a sister picture stabbed through it with Sam Hain written on the chalkboard and blood. Where do you get the blood? Is it his blood? Probably. Maybe he killed like a hamster in the class. What I find more interesting is did he draw that picture and then stab it? <laughs> that's not what i felt like i felt like he was just this picture on the desk and he stabbed it is that school scene to explain why he doesn't have the butcher's knife anymore but that's what i mean it's kind of stupid why how he loses his weapons back at the hospital when janet gets called into an abandoned room can you say once back again at the they're hospital? trying to scare us but that's sorry you, back at the hospital. yeah can you say it again you fucked up um Back of the hospital, when Janet gets called into an abandoned room, I think we all knew it was Bud, even though they were trying to convince us that it was going to be something different. Um, and this is when they decide they're going to meet in the therapy room. Uh, I, didn't was, I didn't think it was Bud, and I thought it was Michael, but I, I did think, like, what a weird way to do it. Like, it didn't feel like the, the normal Michael Myers way to do it. You got you to pay attention, boss. Like, logistically, I'm like, how do you get from the storage unit to the thing? That also worried me because I was like, oh, you, uh, when you see the nurse come in and Mr. Garrett, the security guard, buzzed her in, I was like, oh, that's the only that's the only way to get in and out of this hospital is to be buzzed in. And I was very wrong about that. I mean, if he can take six bullets, he can figure out a way to get through some glass. Um, so then they go to the therapy room and... You think because the she is changing behind glass, you're not going to get to see her naked. But no, no, no. John Carpenter wanted nudity, so we got nudity. Uh, and then she's like, oh, it's so hot in here. And Bud's like, it's me, baby. He's like, oh, oh Bud, I can see why you do so well with the ladies. It's, uh, it's actually my favorite line because unbeknownst to them, Michael Myers is turning up the heat in the, uh, in the water. And she asked Bud to go and turn it down. And he's like, and eh, no. And she's like, it's about to get a lot colder in here if you don't. And I, I love that line. I thought it was a very well-written line. It was good. And then I do like seeing Bud's death from the other room. I thought it was a really cool idea. From the frosted glass? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and apparently uh, Dick, War Dick Warlock is who played Mike Myers. <laughs> and he was apparently very gentle when he killed people in the movie and like was like, Oh, you know, I'll I'll pull you back, and then as you fall, I'll let you like I'll hold you and let you like slowly go to the ground. And I was like, that's very nice. Getting to uh, the nurse's death, death right after that, um, I thought was really cool. The effects on the face, I thought, were really well done. They didn't look that they were good, but they didn't look that gory to where I was like, oh, she could she have survived that? I don't think in real life you could have survived that, but it looked like from her face, it looked like she could have been all right. I know what you're talking about, but you have to think about the fact that, yeah, it was like 200 degree water, um, but she drowned. It's not like she would have survived the burn, but there's no way anyone could survive being drowned that long. Well, he kept lifting her back up, though, which was only just for our benefits. So we could see the burn get progressively worse, but he didn't keep her up. The, he didn't keep her under long enough to drown her. Oh, I, I took it. I took it so. But uh, did you feel like the, the effects for her burn look like they just put Elmer's glue all over her face, wait for it to like halfway dry and then peel a bunch off? Probably. That's how I felt like the makeup was done for that scene. Because they couldn't afford the guy from The Thing. Because they couldn't afford the guy from The Thing. What, what Do you know off the top of your head the budget and how much they made for this from this film? I don't know why you do this to me. You just expect me to know that it costs $2.5 million and that it grossed $25 million? Is that what you wanted to hear? That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Wow, I didn't know it was that large of a margin. That's huge. The $2.5 million is actually high, too, because these were a little bit before that were a lot cheaper, as we talked about on the thing. Um, back to the movie. I keep having to do this to you. So at the school, we have this random woman who I'm not sure we know her name just shows up, and Loomis is like, oh, it's you. 
Okay. Are you okay? I'm so glad you bring this up because I, I, I assumed that she was someone from the first film, but I could not for the life of me figure out who. I mean, no, no she's not. The only, the only woman that we meet related to the hospital was that nurse who almost died um, in the first one. I guess maybe it was her. I don't fucking know, but it doesn't matter. I don't think that the governor can just hire a marshal to prevent someone from staying in a town for no reason. And under what cause? That's what I'm saying. It just like it makes no sense. I was just like, what is this? I don't is get this like, like a <laughs> this is like a really small town kind of mind frame. The it's governor's like, like, hey, I need a trooper who will commit a crime for me and just <laughs> kidnap this doctor and take him back to this hospital and then what what's the end game do you have to like guard him and so he can't leave the hospital and drive back here it's like an hour drive i don't even get the fact that he's like hey i we need to go back to the hospital he's like i can't do that sir or i can't do that doctor and then loomis fucking pulls a gun on him and the biggest thing is is like um once they get to the hospital loomis is like I can trust you, right? It's like, no, motherfucker. You just pulled a gun on me. I'm going to arrest your ass now. Except he says, I get paid either way. (laughs) Fuck it. Yeah, let's go do it. I'm already here. The worst slash best cop in the entire film. Loomis was pulling out a gun pretty willy-nilly the entire time, um, which was kind of, I won't say a plot hole, but it was was weird. It was definitely odd. Actually, now that I remember what happens to that cop, I take back saying worst slash best cop he was just the worst cop and it's also like what if Luma had just loomis had just like oh hey the he's gonna take you back to the hospital and it's like all right well i fucking quit i don't work there anymore <laughs> do not take me there um so next jimmy finds Lori in a catatonic state and then he goes to a nurse and is like hey we need to we need to find the doctor and I, get I- I thought Lori died. No. I was like, oh, I guess it's Jimmy's m- movie now. You thought Jamie Lee Curtis died. Is that what you thought? Well, dude, she was laying there motionless, no pulse with her eyes wide open. Yes, I thought she died. No pulse? How do you know there's no pulse? Jimmy said there's no pulse. Jimmy's a fucking like high school dropout medic all right get the fuck out of here trust jimmy um so then we have a nurse go to find the doctor and the doctor has been stabbed in the face and then she backs up and of course michael myers is still there and stabs her in the face did you think that was a little i don't know uncreative he put an air bubble into her brain to kill her i don't know i was like the most creative kill in the entire movie I guess he did it twice. He did twice. Okay, fine. Um, so then Jimmy's like, fuck it. All right, I'm going to go look for Alves. And then he finds Alves and, you know, slips on her blood and, and knocks himself out, right? So uh, I just want to talk about a couple things here real quick before we move on. Um, one, people really have to stop looking for other people in this film, Okay. That's like the big main uh, demise here. Mr. Garrett, looking for Mr. Garrett, dead. Looking for Alvarez, dead. Looking for the drunk doctor, dead. Um, also, the way Alvarez died, I don't think we clearly communicated Alves, Alvarez. Alvarez? Okay, whatever. I don't think we com- cl- uh, clearly communicated the fact that she's the head nurse. I took it that she was the head nurse. Um how do you think that kill went down? Because it looked like he just bled her out, but she stood still while he stuck the IV catheter thing in her arm or what? What happened there? It, it makes no sense. It just makes no fucking sense. Just for show? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how he would know how to do that. Or has he been studying them? Is there doing stuff to him at the hospital that he's been at for you? I don't know. It's fucking stupid. She just fucking found her stabbed. Also, we don't even get to see her die. Which is like, what was that? We're trying to make this thing more bloody. Why are you like? And she was kind of mean, so it was like, why? Why would we not want to see that death? Yeah, did, the whole thing didn't didn't make sense. When uh, Jimmy slipped, fell, and knocked himself out, um, 
did you think to yourself because i thought to myself like oh he's he's coming back like he's the ace in the hole sort of thing (laughs) he's coming he is he is michael myers's ace in the hole apparently (laughs) is definitely not laurie's ace in the hole um and then the blonde nurse gets called to another room right and i guess that had to be mike myers that did that calls she gets called to another room there's a beeping in another room and she goes to check it out that was okay so she's looking for mr garrett at this point jimmy comes back okay this is before jimmy dies jimmy comes back in michael myers goes in a room you see his shadow behind a curtain you remember the scene yeah and then they're talking right in front of that room which i don't people have the worst fucking vision in this movie because it's like how do you not see a a full man's silhouette right there but she dies when she finds Mr. Garrett, right? That's how she dies. Who? The blonde nurse. Uh, th- that's way ahead of time. I'm talking about she just gets called to another room, and Mike Myers clearly had to be the one to do that. And then Mike Myers goes into Lori's room and stabs the bed. And Lori has put pillows in the place of it, of her, of where she was. That happened. That's what the, that's the point I'm talking about. Okay. I, I remember that part. I didn't remember her getting called to another room. I mean, I assume there's other patients in this fucking hospital. Um, and so then, I mean, yeah, I guess maybe that's what it was, but she like goes and looks. And then, so at this point we see Lori and she's like kind of half running, jogging, barely walking. And she just goes into a room and tries to use the phone. And I was like, don't the phones not work? And so then she gives up pretty quickly, which I guess means the phones don't work. And you were right in this case. Yes. And she just like, all right, well, I guess I'll fall asleep. That's what I'll do right now. Yeah. Lori is a very weird character in this movie. She's useless for like 99% of the time. And then she has her like moment, but I guess she's so, I guess we're supposed to believe she's so drugged up that she's, in and out of it right and then we get a cool view of the security cameras and we don't know if this is like michael myers's pov of him watching the security cameras or what but or it was just like oh this is a cool shot so we'll show laurie going down a hallway um and at this point yeah jimmy hasn't slipped yet so that's a little further ahead but he's like been gone and we then see michael myers on the monitor right and yes 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 then- and then the blonde nurse is at the monitor. She's looking for Garrett. We see Michael Myers on the monitor, right? And she's on the other side of it. So she doesn't see this. She and doesn't then, see it. But yet, the, it shot the fact that when she walks away, then we see Myers on the monitor. And then when she comes back, he's off the monitor. Like, it would even matter if it was... Well, no, no. So she's at, when she's at the monitor, we see Michael Myers walking down one of the hallways. And then as soon as she leaves, she walks down that same hallway that Michael Myers was on. So it was like right by her. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And And then that's when we get the silhouette. Well, and that's when we get the scare if she gets grabbed, but it's Jimmy. And then they decide to have a conversation uh, about their game plan right in front of the guy they're game planning against. And he's like, go check the East Wing. And if you don't find her, then get the fuck out of here. Um, and this is when Jimmy finds Nurse Alves dead and then slips in her blood and knocks himself out. Oh, that's right. So the blonde does go to the East Wing, can't find her, goes out to the parking lot and realizes that all the cars in the parking lot's tires are slashed. Yeah, which I still would have tried to drive the car. Uh, I think I the engines she, were broken too. Right. She does. And I assumed she was going to get killed right then and there, but I guess Michael Myers was like, I'm not going back outside. She'll have to come back in here. But if I'm that nurse, I don't know. I might just like fucking get out of there. If just I was that nurse, I'm running, kicking off my heels and booking it. Exactly. Um, so now she has to go back inside and she finds Lori and she's like, Oh, Lori. Hey, and then Lori gets to see her get stabbed. And that's right. She gets picked up with a scalpel, but like 
from my understanding, scalpels are really fucking sharp. So wouldn't if you tried to pick her up with it, you would just kind of like slice through her and out? That, my friend, would have been a lot cooler of a scene. Well, it would have been funny if he's like, oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, and scalpels are short. Like, they're, they're not that long. So the, the... It didn't make sense. Physics of it doesn't make sense. Not at all. Yeah, well, it's the first thing I thought of. It was a weird-looking scalpel, too, so I don't know. But, yeah, it didn't work for me. It's a double-hooked uh, scalpel, right? Like, I'm not crazy. It's like it hooks into, like, a... F- pitch like a fork at the end right i don't i don't know i don't i didn't study it that well it's weird uh so now Lori's running michael myers is walking very slowly after her uh and what is funny about this um so dick warlock asked the writer deborah hill uh, she was you know part of the writing team her and john carpenter he's like hey is this good this walk i'm doing and she's like yeah just keep doing what you're doing and then afterwards she was like yeah, he just didn't – he wasn't very good at it. He didn't have the walk right. He just looked bad, da, da, da. And he's like, no, fuck that. I asked you how to do it, and you told me I was doing it right. So fuck you. So I guess the next we talk about – and I know we've kind of skipped around here, but this is when Loomis, the random lady, and the cop all make it to the um, to the hospital. And, like, some things were happening at the same time where Lori is now – outside the hospital she's run out of the hospital and again notices all the tires are slashed well before that she's like running away from him and she like runs in and finds garrett's body and she screams which is like you got to play it a little cooler than that because now you've given away where you are Um, yeah she finds garrett's body okay that's right and then she like at one point she takes an elevator it's like (laughs) you feel like one, she's lucky that there's no like safety door to uh to um stop him from opening so it. So once he sticks his arm in, it just sort of closes on it. But then t- like two, it's just like that took so long. It was like one of those things that's supposed to build tension, but it's just so like blatantly obvious what's gonna happen. Um and the other thing, which I think happens a little before that in this chase scene that goes on for a while, is she like climbs through a window and he's just like slashing at her legs in a way that's like very clearly not meant to touch her. Like she's climbing up and he's like trying to catch her and just like, oh no, I can't get you. It's not great because, you know, the whole first movie kind of relied on her. And in this film, I feel like all the bad parts of this movie, all the parts that were like under scrutiny by the critics were with her in it. And um, there's like you said there's so many like just wrong things about this chase scene i love the elevator though like can you imagine if michael myers just decided to just break into like a a small sprint he would have totally made it to that elevator in time yeah but he's not allowed to also i don't know why she just thought he was going to walk that's the thing that kind of makes this and really the first one too a little bit ridiculous right that just that he never that he never moves any faster he definitely was slower in this, so you kind of wish the writer had like not fucked over Dick Warlock and told him to to move it a little quicker. You could but have once, even, but once again, like that the whole way that scene's directed with the elevator, it's built upon the fact that he walks very slow. It doesn't work if he walks any faster. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. But you could even say like, okay, realistically, you could say that he walks slower in this one because he's riddled with bullets like he's injured he's not 100 he's not at his 100 percent right um so she escapes through the other side of the elevator i i just i don't that whole thing is a mess she makes it out to the car she hides in the car and now we get the return of jimmy who says something to her and then passes out and hits his horn just once again giving away her her location and then we get her crawling out and she sees loomis and a state trooper and she whispers help and then as soon as the door closes she screams help which once again i'm like okay that was stupid very contrived i think that's the perfect word to kind of sum all all this up is that i feel like a lot of things would have been done shorter 
if people just use logical sense. Yeah, that's most of these movies. Um, so then we get the convergence of the state trooper and Loomis. Uh, Loomis is once again saying some weird shit in the back, and the trooper just keeps looking at him. Then Loomis pulls a gun on him. They get there, and Loomis is like, are you on my side? And the trooper, actually, his actual line was, what do I have to lose except my job? So they go in, uh, and then she couldn't scream, but then all of a sudden she's able to run to the door, and she bangs on it fast enough to get in there. But then Michael Myers just walks through it. Again, if Michael Myers decides to just break into a light sprint, he would have made it there to her with no issue. Um, it, that scene is so funny to me. I, I literally thought that was like the most what the fuck moment of this entire movie. Because they're at the door that I mentioned earlier that you have to be buzzed into, right? And <laughs> Loomis is pointing a gun at the other side of the glass where Michael is. And I said out loud to Taylor, I was like, okay, as long as no one shoots the glass, we should be fine. And as in the middle of my sentence, fucking Michael Myers just walks through the glass. You thought it was like bulletproof or something? I don't know. I mean, I thought... I didn't expect him to fucking Did you just expect, the glass. You expect him to come up to the door and start shaking it and then just like, uh, uh, what do I do? As, as, as many times in this film, people have done just the dumbest thing. Um, I really thought someone was going to shoot the glass and then open it up for him. Um, but now we can talk about how horrible this police officer is. Yeah, so Loomis shoots him. Uh, he tells the woman to go to the radio, and he tells the trooper, stay the fuck away from the body. The trooper doesn't, and then just gets his, slow, his uh, throat slit. Which, once again, I mean, you think people should act like, I mean, he, the, he just saw the guy get shot. So it's like, how is he supposed to think that that guy's still alive? He shouldn't be alive. He specifically shouldn't be alive after Loomis and uh lori go into a dead end he breaks through the door he stabs loomis and then lori shoots him twice in each eye (laughs) yeah which it's a really cool visual of him crying blood but he just got shot in both eyes at this point he's a superhero i mean that's my thing too right is like what what is he what logical reason like are you trying to break down like um, does the mask give him powers? Is like if he wears the mask, he's unstoppable. Also, Shatner powers. The 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 state trooper said, "Oh no, he's dead. He stopped breathing," which makes me think to just fuck with him. Michael Myers held his breath in that <gasps> second, <gasps> and then slashed his throat. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so then they just start releasing gas because the noise of the gas is Michael Myers just starts slashing everywhere. So they're like, Oh, we'll release this gas noise to help. And then Loomis is like, get the fuck out of here. And then he pulls the lighter that the police officer gave him at the Michael Myers house to light his cigarette. He pulls that lighter and blows the place up. And the big tragedy of that is that that light, that uh, police officer is never going to get his lighter back. That's probably the only thing that was destroyed from that movie, if you believe the sequence, was that lighter. So let me ask you, because obviously Loomis and Myers blows up and, um, well, actually, <laughs> Lori makes it out, but only to be like ter- <laughs> scared by My- Myers one last time. Um, and then he falls over and burns to death, presumably. Was this the filmmaker's idea of, like, this is our last film, and now we're done? Oh, I think that's what Carpenter wanted to do, because he wanted to make this, like, an anthology series with different stories, which is, like, what the third is. And then, apparently, there was a fan backlash to that, which I guess we'll talk about in a year. And the fourth and the fifth one bring Mike Myers back. So... I think the intention was that this had finally killed him. Ten bullets and an explosion. But, um, yeah, now we have, what, six or seven movies since then. And uh, he's back. Yeah, baby. Don't do that. 
also what's interesting is the director of this got to direct another Halloween movie, Halloween Resurrection. That's, Buster Rhymes. that's the one with Buster Rhymes. Mm-hmm. Not LL Cool J. You know, it's funny. It's after talking about Halloween 2, I came into this like, oh man, I, you know, I liked it. It wasn't that bad. And then you and I have brought up a couple of things where I'm like, wow, kind of sucked. Uh, I still liked it and I thought it was enjoyable. <laughs> but there are definitely some some big script problems and John Carpenter was for sure drunk when he wrote this. And also the biggest mistake wasn't that they were related. There were so many other issues with it. So many other issues. I'm glad, I'm glad we actually sat down and talked about it in detail because I was on board with you where I thought like, this wasn't bad. I actually liked it. And I thought this was a pretty good sequel. And now I'm like, huh, might actually be a giant pile of shit. Ah, eh, small pile of shit with some good stuff in it. I'm telling you, him breaking through that glass, A+. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And we finally watched... Halloween 2. <laughs>